0: Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders lead leaders. I'm your host, Gate Camps. And today, I have a special guest. Uh, most of you know that on Fridays is when I do podcasts, but uh, given what's going on in our society right now, I spontaneously reached out to Dr. Ruth Allison and asked her if she'd be willing to come back. She's been on our podcast before, but it's, it's a different topic today. And it's a it's a tough topic, but it's also a topic that I think is is very timely in terms of, you know, leaders leading leaders necessary and necessary. So, boy, as a leader, you've had all kinds of successes. And in the previous podcast, we went into the details of those. But here we stand today, and I've known you for over a decade, and you are just—I uh, would say—one of the most well-rounded leaders I know. Because in business, you've got your own, you know, company, but you're also a pastor, and you're also, you know, someone who's been through a lot of challenges in their in their past, and it's not something you're always, you know, freely sharing. But I know you said today you'd be happy to to share what you can as you lead us through. What are what are questions leaders should be asking, what are blind spots you see currently You know, the tipping point was what has happened, you know, with George Floyd. And before I turn this over to Dr. Ruth Allison, let me let the listeners know that we had some technology challenges, and the beginning of our podcast will be a little choppy, and then it gets better along the way. There's some background noise, but it's worth listening to. And at the end, I will share the conversation we had about a concrete step she suggested that all leaders can take that would benefit everybody.
1: I come today humbly and somewhat dismayed and yet I realize that we have a great opportunity in the space uh, of what we're dealing with uh, with George Floyd. So I want to say that I know George uh, personally. We call him Perry in our community. I know his mother. I did the eulogy for his mother and uh, I'm the pastor of his uh, one of his sisters. So uh, this is a very raw time when I saw his his face um, pop up as the victim of this horrible situation. I said, "I know him so so let's talk about this it's a tipping point i I don't know, I have a nice house, okay? I have a very nice house, I think you've seen it, but occasionally some bugs get in my house, and I have to you know crush them so I looked at what was happening to George and it looked. So inhumane, it looked like a bug being crushed. Mm. So the people around him having just so little regard for human life as if he was not human. That is a blind spot to not treat a person humanely with, the, you know, with that kind of force and having that kind of power. And there's no getting around that. So as I'm, as I've been thinking about it, uh, I've noticed something else. Um, we have I'm, I'm all for inclusion and all that, but we have a there's a code in America, and it's against Black people. Um, many other people are accepted, but there's a code, and uh, I've uh, uh, weathered it, uh, but it has been easy. Uh, so I just want just just doing the numbers, okay? If you have someone mm-hmm. worked for you for four hundred years. Uh, let's say 250 years free, where you were not paid or underpaid or maligned and you didn't get your wages, that doesn't mean that person is less than you, okay? That means you had a substantial advantage over that person. So mm-hmm. I, I'm having a question like, why would someone hate people who've done so much? Mm-hmm. I want that to kind of sink in, like uh, even building the White House. I want to say we did that, all right? Laying out Washington, D.C. So I want to be clear about what I'm talking about. Because I'm talking about my people. So a blind spot, I think for many leaders relative to what we're dealing with now is that you don't know that someone is missing. So if you have a company and you don't know that you never see black people, you never had a, a coffee with any black people. There's no black people on your staff. There's no black people in your uh, around the table making the decisions. You're blind. You don't even know. Them. That you don't, and I I think that affects the fabric. I'm not going to do a speech here. I I want I want us to have a conversation, but I wanted you to see that as an example of how many people think about it. (laughs) You go into business, you don't see any black people. Hmm. You never had any black people. Never had a conversation with any black people. Where did you get your ideas about black people? Where did that come from? So, uh, in terms of a blind spot, let's think about that. Well, a lot of it came from. Television, and uh, of course, we know that in the media, you rarely, if Mm -hmm. ever, saw any black people before the 60s. Yeah, and you know how we saw them, they even made fun of before uh, the riots. Nothing happened before the riots. We don't want that to have to happen, but you know how black people got into those newsrooms right in my career because after Dr. King was assassinated, riots broke out. There were no black people uh, who were reporters in newsrooms. The media sitting there saying, oh, there's something wrong with the whole world. And they're, re- they're reporting, right? But if you look at the newsrooms and you look who's making the decisions, where are the black people? Where are the black people on court boards? Where are they? That's a blind spot. So I'll, I'll tell you a, little, a quick little story. One of my mm-hmm. one of my businesses, as you know, is that um, my husband and I own some properties, and it's low end to mid range property. So uh, a person haunted me down uh, and who needed a place to stay. He said, "I don't have any place to stay," and he camped out, just standing at church. He wasn't going to leave until he talked to me. So I listened to his story, and at the end of it, uh, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna let's figure out a way." After I heard his story, yeah. he you know what he said to me in the, in, in the conversation? Yeah. I don't have the power to help me find a place to stay. And you wow. know what I said? Yes, I do. And I'm going to do it because I'm a leader. Now, the issue is not where I have the power. The issue is where I have the will. Because as leaders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and particularly as Americans, we can do anything we want to do. We have the freedom. It may take some time, but we can do anything we want to do. We just yeah. don't want to. And we have to figure out why. When I was in the, uh, sixth grade, I won a, an essay contest in a little c- country area where I grew up. Very, se- everything segregated. Uh, by the way, I had no problems with that. I had great teachers who heard me and, uh, just, you know, just a great ideal of raising for, for a poor little black girl. But my essay was called What America Means to Me. I remember one line the essay said, America means that I can become whatever I want to be whenever I want to. Now, for some reason, in studying about our country, I believe that. And for many people, that's true. I think it should be true for everybody. And I think as an American, we should use, as Americans, I should say, we should use our powers as leaders. We should use our powers to help people become, not to keep people out. Do you know the people who have actually benefited from the sweat, the blood of black people, began to, oh by the way, call themselves Christian, rail against affirmative action. Now the action of oppressing and enslaving and killing my people because they were black was somehow okay. But when we come back and say we want jobs, we want equal access to education, housing and so forth, oh we can't do that because that's quotas. So it's okay to keep us out Mm. but you can't use this. We can't reverse it. But now watch this. When integration came to our area, our teachers were hmm. basically not allowed to teach the subjects that they had been teaching us in class. They became caretakers. These were people who used calculus, but the white teachers were the ones in the classrooms.
0: Wow. Well, you've just said a, a few big points that I would like you to elaborate on. Christ said in Luke chapter 18, "I have been anointed to bring the
1: good news to the poor. That's the first thing he said. So I'm empowered to bring good news to the poor. What's the good news to the poor? that you don't have to be poor? That's what America that America is really is, it's a land of, of free people who are free who should be free to become and they shouldn't shouldn't be maligned because of their color. And by the way, they shouldn't be favored because of their color either, right? Mm. We should all be equal. Uh, so, so back to, back to Christianity, uh, that is mm. not Christ-like. It's a blind spot. I'll tell you what else is a blind spot. I've been giving this some thought, uh, but I haven't said anything publicly about it. it this is for people who claim to be pro-life. How can you be, how can you claim to be so on fire for the unborn? But there are people who are born, and because they're a different color,
0: you won't yeah. educate them. In America, a lot of people claim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. And so what's your feeling? What's your perspective on how is it possible to claim that you're a Christian and treat you the way you've been treated?
1: Yeah, that's really tough. i tell you how, how it plays. I can give you a real example. Uh, George Floyd's mother lived across the street from our church. Mm. Our church is in inner city Houston. And I happened to meet her because she was sitting outside one day. She was uh, sick and uh, I would usually talk to her outside. But then as she got sicker, uh, I was able to to just go inside to check on her, pray with her. And when I saw the conditions that she was living in, our church did some things to help her, right? Cleaned up her place, you know, got it looking as best as, as, as well as it could. I mean, that's... That's loving your neighbor, right? I'll tell you something else. In Houston, we have uh, uh, 10,000, about 10,000 homeless people. Okay. Mm. In the Stone Museum uh, a few years back, about 10 years ago, we as a city absorbed overnight a 100,000 people were housed overnight. You know why? Because we wanted to do it. We had the will to do it. So but we don't have the will to do anything about 10,000. We're here all the time. You think God oh, okay with that? you're better off than probably 90% of the people in the world. So the people have blind spots, and the leaders have blind spots. And so I help people. I work on being the very best to people who I'm called to. People, American people, after they get up to being middle class, middle income, upper low income, uh, sometimes they'll be recruited to go to white church. And um, I've heard of pastors asking people, I want to meet with you. And they want to meet, like, how do I get black people to come to my church? Now, there are a whole lot of black people out here. If you want to come, go get a go, you can do some roundup people, but <laughs> some people are not ready to come to your church because they haven't been cleaned all up yet. You know what I mean? Yes. Are the black people in the churches, are they are they deacons? Are they on the trustee boards? Or are they just in the church, in the nursery, in the ushering? What are they doing? If they're not a part, of the fabric, of the leadership. the Leadership, if a leader can't look around and see somebody that's different than him or her, that's a blind spot. Yeah, because you have the power. See, as a leader, if you're if you're a leader of a company, if you started a company, you're head of a company, you have, you have the power. It's like the guy asked me, I know you don't have the power to do that. No, I have the power. I have the power to look around and say, somebody's missing. So we can say, oh, we have all of this. We have all this benefit. We need to find some people who have been maligned and have been under the knee of America and be a blessing to them. Because if you can if you can bless, I found this to be the case. If you can bless one, two or three people, you turn their lives around, and you help them get, mm. you know, college degrees and get educated and get better jobs and finish school and this kind of stuff, you've changed the trajectory for an entire generation of family, not just one person, as they did with me. So we can we can do this. If we have a will to do this, but we have we have some blind spots when it comes to racism against I want to say it like that. Yeah, against if you don't have as much as you used to have, isn't wouldn't that be a good thought before think tank? How we survive on less? How we build our foundation to go back to where we were as African Americans? Yeah. We had to have a great amount of ingenuity, and we've had to. Learn how to do things and to, and to share those things and still, by the way, have a soul about it and have a great attitude and still be able to laugh and run and sing. We have been kept on purpose at the bottom in this country and we're very ingenious, creative people who can learn and do anything that anyone else can do. And we deserve the opportunity to do so because we, too are Americans.
0: Well, I think you've helped us today not be as blind as we might have been, and
1: we have to have greater pie theory—the big pie, right? If I do well, your company does well. You don't do—you don't get less. Okay, we all grow together. The pie just gets bigger, bigger, and bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think as we are in a start-over mode right now in our economy, that's how we have to look at it. Let's help everyone do well. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, uh, and tastes real good and put a lot of chocolate in it. That's black folks. <laughs> You're very kind to me. Wow. I am so honored. Uh, our friendship and your your contribution to, to leadership. So thank you for all you do.
0: We're welcome and you've certainly been a huge blessing in my life and in my companies, you have been just an amazing friend and a human and uh, I'm so grateful again that that you share yourself the way you do that you inspire me to be a better leader and thank you for what you're providing for the listeners and may we all look at our own blind spots and you know really look at what's happening with George Floyd. The COVID situation, the poverty, and, Doctor, with what I'm hearing you say is we have an opportunity for a do-over right now. Let's bake a new pie with new ingredients that benefit us all. Which would include having all leaders take on one Black person to mentor them. Dr. Ruth is in the middle of putting together some initiative where leaders can mentor black people in how to end up in the boardroom, in the executive level, and in in any way where they get a fair chance as our fellow human brothers and sisters. So we invite you to take that next step today and start choosing and mentoring one black person. And if you would like some guidance on who to pick or where to go to find a black person to mentor, you may reach out to Dr. Ruth Allison at 832-721-3663. So thank you again for listening to the CEO Blindspot Show and for leading during a time when your leadership is critical and you're likely to get critically judged.